Hello friends and welcome to Fey Earth, a magical world set in an alternate 19th century Earth, where every creature from folklore and fairy tale is real, have always been real, and lived alongside humanity. Join our adventurers as they explore a world of arcane mysteries and danger, where the new scientific and industrial age collides with an ancient world of fairy and magic. Just a quick message before this episode starts. Firstly, we'd like to apologise about some of the audio quality as in a previous episode said one of our mics had gotten damaged they've now been replaced so we should see an improvement in this we tried our hardest to get this to the standard that we wanted it to and we hope it doesn't uh, detract from your enjoyment also we'd like to make a trigger warning for the butchering of traditional Zimbabwean Shona surnames we apologize for any offense caused when last we left our heroes, they had saved their friend Nafua, who had been taken up by a rock and was presumably being transported back to the creature's eyrie to feed them to the creature's young. Um, when they finished this, they returned back to the stone bridge they'd been crossing, and the giants, having seen this, were so impressed they had said that they were going to invite them back to their tower for a celebration. We return now to the party, travelling with the giants to celebrate their victory over this giant and terrifying fey creature. When last we left our heroes, they had a exciting and terrifying, brief but furious escapade. One of their friends being taken up, swept away by a gigantic, magical bird, a rock. Creatures from mythology and folklore um, from far off eastern lands, but also native to the Pharaoh. Thankfully, through some hard, some luck, and through some very, very um, skilled use of magic and axes, they were able to free themselves, and everybody returned back to the stone bridge that they had been crossing previously when the attack happened and they're now on their way to a great tower that the giants who guard this bridge have invited them plus Bronwyn's mother Dahlia to celebrate their successful rescue of Nafua. So the, the giant who I complimented her hair is it similar like are there any similarities with the way that Dahlia did bronze hair for the body. So, so, so think classic Norse women's plat styles. Okay. okay. So kind of so, similar yeah, to, very similar. similar very similar. To, so yeah. that very okay. intricate that, that's style. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah, the I very, very intricate style of plaits that we see suggestions of in um, rock carvings and coins from the um, later migration period. Okay. Oh, my hair's long enough to do that. Like, amazing. <laughs> so okay. you travel Sorry. across the bridge uh, in the direction. It'll of be the amazing. Tower, um, just 60, 70 meters. Like, remember, so the bridge is like span of over 100 meters across this massive ravine. And as you close your eyes, oh my god, this tower is huge. It's easily 30 meters tall. And from the this is the thing. It's well, it's at least 30 meters tall. And from where you can see the windows, there look to be only four stories. Okay. okay? While we're walking, Bron is talking. Which giant is this? Uh, Which one? She's talking to the woman Bron had. The, there, so there's two. So there's the two male giants you had been previously talking yep. to. One who now is introduced as a storm. Yep. And he's got long, dark hair, wild, unkept beard, and he carries a, 
a great broad-bladed axe. Mm -hmm. Then there's Gorham, Gorham, who is bald with long, well-kept, square-cut brown beard. Right. And he's a guy has a scar running the left side of his face. Right. And he's carrying a, a, a pole, his pole arm. They're all carrying pole arms. His right. is in the shape of a, of a pick-like hammer. But instead of being made of metal, it's made from a big talon. Okay. Which looks very similar to the talon that Nafua is currently magically carrying, kind of floating along beside them. Okay? Then there is the two female um, giants, Winnie. This is the blonde one with the intricately plaited hair, okay. carrying a, a, a long, heavy-bladed spear. Mm -hmm. And then there's Binny, who is wi wild red curls and is carrying a long, heavy-looking mace. So, bronze, I'm just talking to Winnie. Winnie. Did you do the hair, your hair yourself? Oh, yes. Well, my, um, my sister helps me with it as well. It's really lovely. Oh, thank you very much. It, you know, with your style, with your type of hair, you could get it to look quite nice for you as well. And Dahlia turns this. Oh, yes, I've done her hair in similar styles before. She has. It's, it's great. <laughs> and um, Gorham, the boys. Yes, yes, you all have lovely hair. Come on, let's go and get a drink. <laughs> okay? Ball. Yeah, the ball's dying. <laughs> so you get up to the um to the front of the tower okay so the kind of the, the pathway a trail that kind of continues off off the bridge and then kind of curves off to the left but also branches forward as well and the left curve off is to the tower itself and it's like massive double doors wooden doors with like bolted rivets through them brass or bronze you think okay and um, so He's right, let's go. And he pulls open the door and um it's a, it's so it's a circular room, okay? So it opens up into this very, very large kind of semi-circular room, but it kind of extends out slightly, okay? Um so it's not quite half the circle, maybe two thirds of the circle, okay? Is mm -hmm. and it's a really big fine dining room, okay? And you can see there's doors off to at the back. But you can also see there's a stairwell that's kind of spiraling stairwell that travels up um, and kind of like just off. Like there's a slight foyer area when you come in and there's, and there's a stairwell that comes off that. And there's a, there's a big, as I said, big fine table. Okay. And sitting at the table, you see another giant. This one is slightly older looking. Um, gray, short cut hair, well kept, dark gray beard. Really good-looking guy, like a bit more sophisticated and slightly better dressed than the other ones. Okay, and you can see resting on the table beside him is a massive sword, which looks to be nearly as tall as a man. And as okay. they step in, yeah, um, and um, as you as he's walking, um, Thorum, the one with the crazy, is like, "Ah, oh, Morum, we have guests. They fought the rock." And the other giant looks shocked, like, what? As he points to the talon, which you have floating along beside you in the air. Because you still have about eight minutes of this spell, like, left. And it's not a concentration spell, remember? Thorin goes, yeah, look, the small one there, the small, tiny little one. They're a really powerful spellcaster. Managed to break free from the beast's claw with help from their friends. Bronn's just going to lean over to Nifua and say, well, you are smaller than all of us. So even in my fantasy world, I can't be taller than I 
No. That's not fair. Two meters tall, and she feels really tiny right now. Because you're surrounded by giants who are taller than Bronwyn's frost giant mother. True, actually, yeah, Yeah. true. Um, Even Dahlia is shorter than me. So uh, Thorm says, "Yeah, we're we're going to have a celebration." I'll be back in a minute. And he throws his axe down into a corner. Well, not really a corner, because as I said, it's like it's a circular room. But you get the idea. He throws the weapon off to the side against one of the walls. And he just kind of stomps off, barreling through a door towards the back half of the room. And he comes back a minute later, and he's carrying a massive, great beer keg over his shoulder. And he just slams it down. Delicious. I had this when I was in Jotunheim. And, well, Durgan gave me some to bring home but it's all gone now is this the beer that makes um you know humans and people who are fate touched does it make them stronger or was that a different type of beer and thorn looks at you funny as your ass and goes what it's, it's just beer i i know but there's another type of beer that i had in jotunheim that you know i've frost giants and other giants i think just drink it as normal beer but i know when i used to drink it and it would make me magically stronger for a little while it's just beer oh okay i maybe it's a different type of beer then and as you're saying this the other well kept like the, the bald headed giant with the like neatly trimmed beard he turns around and says oh uh we don't have any cups for uh like little people with little hands oh that's fine that's fine that's fine. So he goes and he gets a few more tankers. And these tankers are massive. They're like really like small buckets, these tankers. Okay? They're huge. Okay? Would, would, yeah. Wouldn't we have our own like water skins or something? Yeah, you have. And Olaf actually has his own tankard on him uh, in, in his goblin purse. I want the big one. But I'm pretending. Olaf, do you take out your tankard or are you going to take, take God, it? no. Yeah, okay. I take the giant one. So, uh, so as you go to reach for your water skin, you see Olaf is already reaching for this, like, massive bucket side, like, and I say boat, like, it's m- it's more like small bathtub. Okay, so Olaf can't pick it up himself. He's gonna try. Uh, I'm going to give him, I'm gonna give him a help. Okay, so Olaf, you're like, and you're like, oh, this is actually pretty grand. And you slowly start not realizing he's using the telekinesis to help you drink from this. Okay? <laughs> I'm so strong. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, food, do you help the rest with this? Uh, I, I will, because if, if I still have, like, still if have I still have few, time to, yeah, if so I still, still, yeah. Like seven, eight minutes or so, so you're helping everybody. And you all drinking it. And Brahman, as you're you're like, this is, I've had this before. This is giant beer. And Olaf, you recognize, you've had this once or twice before, all right? Um, so. Brown has very mixed feelings right now drinking this because there's a lot of memories with giant beer. She's kind of like. As you drink this gorgeous beer, and it's really kind of like a malty taste to it, it's really, really lovely. And Simba actually like, damn, this is good beer. You know, this is really good mm. beer. It is good. We should bring home some Futanaka. For the next hour, your fortitude is increased by two. Yeah. And you gain a plus three bonus to the might talent. Wow. Magic beer, the brawn hard, which you got back from Yotunheim. 
Nice. And do you say that as Dolly is having, or do you say that in front of her as you're drinking it? Bron is going to whisper to Dolly in giant, and she's just going to say, Durgan gave me some of this when I talked to him in Jotunheim. And Dolly is like, oh, I always forget, for non-giant kin, if you're not a giant or a troll or an ogre, if you're like just a human or fatalist and you drink a beer, it temporarily increases your strength, doesn't it? Yes. So it's a funny thing how that works. For us, it's just a beer. And if you're not a giant and you drink it, um, by the way, they're speaking in giants and none of you can understand what's being said between Bronwyn and Dahlia. That's why Yahuwah is getting to the face. For anyone who's not one of our kin, when they drink it, their strength and their hardiness is temporarily increased. It's quite, quite fascinating. It was really useful, um, particularly when we were fighting that gang in Cork. Yes, absolutely. Well, we should maybe ask if we can fill up some wineskins with some of this beer. We don't know what's ahead, but having this would be very useful, I'm sure. So, as you're having this conversation, more of the elder one of you like, is like, So, why are you mortals here? I haven't seen you. Why does it have to be mortals here? Well, uh, I, I'm going to kind of give Potter a little, like, tap on the shoulder as I keep drinking. Potter kind of shrugs his shoulders. I were guests here. We're protected by the laws of hospitality. Well, I, th- I figured he'd probably explain that a lot better than we would, that's why. <laughs> and he turns he turns to the giants, and he looks at you, Bronwyn, for a sec to see if you're... Because you, you had started to speak. Well, I can. Well, there are... I don't know if you've heard of them, the Dark Ones in our realm, in Ireland, and they're... Wait, Dark Ones? You mean like him? Says one of the giants pointing at Olaf. No, no, they, they, they were... Fae who were sealed away in the Fae realm, um by mortals and fae so they couldn't be in the mortal realm anymore but there are mortals and fae now who are trying to summon one of them back to our realm well in ireland that's where we're from so we're trying to stop them why because their followers are terrible they're massacring people oh so they're evil yes Sorry, just when you said they were dark, I thought you meant maybe it was their hair or their clothes or their skin or something. Or Well, no, I meant dark, like corrupted. Well, then why couldn't you just say evil fae? Why did you have to use the word dark to describe evil fae? Anyway. As we... Patter turns to you and says, well, you see, it's a translation from ancient Irish or possibly Sylvan. Uh, I'm going to look at the giants and say, uh, we would definitely agree with you. So there's a cauldron, um, which um, the Dagda has, which can restore a warrior's vigor, which would be really useful in the final battle against... Oh, that sounds a bit like the cauldron that Lord Rua has up the top of the mountain. Oh. We've been a feaster, and the food was from a magical cauldron of plenty that never ended. And when you leave from, you'd be fully restored of all your vigor... And any exhaustion or illness or tiredness or whatever they have would be gone. Oh, that, that's the uh, one, I think. That's like what we're looking for. Hmm. Um, Do you think he'll lend it to us? Oh, we, God, no. We would give it back, of no, course. No, not a chance. But it would be a gift of some food. Now, that maybe you could get. There's no way he'll give you his cauldron. We need the whole cauldron. We just need maybe if we could fill just a some of the very, contents. Very powerful lore. Maybe if we could fill a couple of 
no, I mean, he's ancient. I couldn't tell you how old. Lord Roosbeen, he's he's owned that. He's he's had his court at the top of the mountain for forever, for as long as anyone knows. Does he have a favorite gift? And he says, well, and Pada says, yes, generally in that in the direction of the mountain, of the peaks at the okay, top of the range. Okay, you know what, it sounds like that's where we're actually going. No, I, I think if we could get some of that theory, we we could share with our friends, because it's really And then um, it says, they did give us some very, very fine gems. Oh, no. Oh. Oh no, oh no, they They're fun, aren't they? Good story you had with the rock, the little one. See, Good spellcaster there. They are fierce. Yes. They are very fierce. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think we uh, a, few, a few sips of the beer. Wonderful. Wonderful. That, would be, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. We have more gems if we need to give them mm-hmm. more gems. It's going to be fine. Patter mm-hmm. turns you and he kind of quiet says, "If you want to give them in the little jam as a kind of thing, I think that's a great idea." Mm-hmm. We have we have a couple of rubies and emeralds still, don't we? We're going now very soon. Thank you very much for the hospitality. He said, "Oh, give us your little." Because they're so cute, he said, and he pulls up like a. As he's holding up one of the wine skins, and he's and and this is a forum. And uh, he like holding on the wine skins, and he turns to Gorm. Hey, Gorm, it's about the size of your ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> and Gorm punches him in the face. <laughs> and Gorm this is, is my like, kind oh, of place. God. How, how is Dahlia reacting to this? I'm trying to figure out. Like, is she approved? Dahlia is very <laughs> stoic and very reserved mm. throughout this entire thing. Okay, Bronn is mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm on the floor. Of the shit between Leaf, Leaf and her and Irsa and her buddies in Yotenheim. Yeah, exactly. When they were like going for dr- when they were going drinking after like mm-hmm. working on the docks, so she's just so um they they um they take some of the wine skins and they start carefully pouring some um pouring some um some beer into them. Okay. Uh, we have more gems we can give them. Okay, right. Yeah, so, I, I'll give them a ruby. Uh, okay, so the doctor and the, so so you get, folks, between the different wine skins, you get the equivalent of ten doses. Of wow. Okay, cool. Um, nice. Born of troll strength draft. Okay. So mm-hmm. somebody wants to record that down. Ten doses. Across, yeah, yeah. Like not from one between different wine skins, okay? And and, one of them again? As thanks, you give them another chance. Like, oh, see, they're, they're really good friends. Well, best of luck in your journey. You know, you're only um, oh, about him. It's only about a two, three hour hike from here. And you, you said you were at his feast before. Is there anything Lord Ruab prefers as gifts that we might be able to take some of the water from his cauldron? He likes a good song. He likes a good story. Okay. Well, I think we that is something we can do. We have stories. I don't know if that would be enough for him, but he's a friendly child. We have stories. Mm-hmm. I have a story. You definitely have old Gelfias. You have a story. Yeah. But we probably have to suss out if he, if he'd be 
Oh, so before um, we head off, I'm go- I'm just going to ask, um, in terms of personality, is he prone to a good joke or should we be on our best behavior? Oh, no, he's very gregarious. Okay, wonderful. That tracks with what we know of the dog Douglas in the Father goes, yes, very much so. So, actually... So, he's going head off, and Potter's trying to focus on the um, focus on the stone. Right. Well, let's get going. Okay. And you start making your way up the um, up the mountain paths. Do we need to take a rest? How's everyone feeling? I'm going to say that I'm actually going to say that that time in the hills or in the in the giants keep counted as a short rest. Okay. okay, so Nafua, you're going to get back some mana. That counts as a short rest for you. Mm-hmm. So you get back some mana. I don't think, was anybody actually injured? Oh, Simba was. Simba. Simba, Simba got uh, 19 damage. Yeah, Simba had been. On the short rest, they get back um, 42 plus resolve. Plus half. Oh, um, plus... Sorry. Um, did you take damage? Yeah. Okay, so. Um, so it's your. From a short rest, it's your 42 plus your resolve plus your level. So Simbarache is one great point away from fully restored. Okay? Matter is back to fully restored. Um, from a previous encounter, he ha- I don't think he's fully, fully healed from the basilisks. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, um, and Etai is back to full as well. So, you are traveling along for a good one. It's a bit of a tough climb, all right. Um, you are going at it for a bit. Um, can someone roll a d8 for me, please? I've been rolling very bad, so I uh, yes, I think I should. Got a four. Okay. All right. Hmm. A four, you said. Uh, okay. So, um, you're going along for a good hour and a half, two hours or so. At one point, you see something that looks really weird. It's like the stone is shifting above you or something. And Olaf, you notice it. And for a moment, you think there's going to be a landslide. Okay. But then what happens is the stone actually moves. And where you thought there was a a boulder shifting, you now see in the cracks of the stone a face and eyes looking at you. And you realize it's actually an earth elemental that's clinging to the rock face, approximately three meters above where you're all walking. Okay, I'll just whisper that to Dali and Bronwyn, I think. And it's kind of looking down at you from about two, three meters above, not doing anything, just kind of crouched, almost perfectly camouflaged into the stone. Okay. Looking down at you. Just keep going. We're not here to cause any upset to anybody. Mm-hmm. So let's keep on walking. And you continue on past them, and it's getting the the air is getting a bit thinner. Some of you are finding it difficult to breathe now. You realize you're actually very, very high up. In the mountains, okay. okay. It's not the devil of breeze because it's like poison and spreading, but he's actually very, very high up. It's getting much colder. Bronwyn, you're obviously fine. Dali is fine. 
the rest of you are beginning to feel the cold a bit. And after another bit, you're, no, you, you, you're noticing that you're seeing bits of frost. And after another five, ten minutes of travel, snow. Itai turns to you. And it's uh, like, what is this place? Where did you bring us? What is this? I'm going to die. You, you'll get used to it. You're not going to die. You're, you're very hard to get rid of. It's easy for this one to say. They're already cold-blooded. <laughs> is there no is there no snow where you come from? Oh no! No! Oh no! No, no. 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 snow. I can't imagine. Well, the mountains the mountains a bit further north. When I say mountains, I mean the hills near us. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna take off her her duster and offer it to Simba. Simba looks. He's like, I'm fine. Thank you very much. I don't actually feel the cold, so. I feel lucky. Nope. Simba, take the jacket. No, give it to Itai. I got a frost myself. Yes. Selena, you're done. Beautiful. Simba turns. Itai, you take you take the frost giant's coat. Who wants? I don't need it. I'm not cold. I don't get cold, so. Yeah, the frost giant. Well, I don't have the abilities that you have. I know you're pretty strong. We, yeah. should, we should arm wrestle when we get back to Ireland. Mm. We should. I, I think you might be stronger than me, but okay. Okay. Give me an attack roll. <laughs> this is Dex. Eat the snow. Plus your Dex. You smack her right in the face. Oh, and they kind of freeze. Oh. These like, their eyes white against the dark of their skin <laughs> as they look at you. Uh-oh. It's called a snowball fight. Yes. It's okay, it's okay, it's it's a game, it's a game. I could show her one of our games. Um, no, you should not do that, we play with stones. Let's, let's, let's get going, yes? Yes, let's go. <laughs> and I'm just going to look at Selena and just say... <laughs> Bron is going to kind of nudge some that I'm definitely up for arm wrestling. We used to do, I used to do that for coin when we started out adventuring and we, oh, yeah. were, uh, we had we had no money. And She's very strong. We went into town mm -hmm. and I used to you arm wrestle. You miss all of them. Okay. And I, used to arm <laughs> and I used to arm wrestle for coins. Okay. It used to be really good for us. So, well, it was yeah. because men really good. So, you continue on for quite some time and you're all getting tired. What was supposed to be two hours has continued on to four, nearly five hours, and it's beginning to get quite late in the evening. The sun is setting. In this section of the Fey Realm that you're in. Uh, it's not dark yet. But it is getting nearer to that dusk twilight period of the evening. Eventually you're coming up to the top of what you think is a peak. And as you reach it you all pause and look out ahead of you. What you see is that the mountain continues on a trail to the west. Rising on further and further another couple of hundred meters. To what looks to be a large plateau off a little bit in the distance. And on the plateau you can see a structure. 
It actually looks very similar to Newgrange back home in Ireland. It's a large circular building with these great stone slabs forming a wall-like structure running along the outside of it. It's kind of similar in shape to the Cairn Mound you'd see around Ireland. But it looks to be far greater in size than any you would have seen, including Newgrange. And Patter, taking a moment to catch his breath, because he is a little bit tired, points a hand towards it and says, I think that is our destination. Do you think we should camp for the night and go in in the morning? I think we should try and go in now and ask for yeah, shelter. Okay. Okay. okay, let's keep going. Because, yeah. We don't know what's out here. There could be another rock. Mm. I don't know what, what creatures hunt True. in these... Um, who, who hunt at these heights at night. It could be a Wendigo. Let's hope we'll be safer in there. Yeah. I do not want to bump into a Wendigo again. You could throw I'm not throwing anybody at a Wendigo. So, shall we? Uh, yes, so, I'll give you the side eye. Um, Ron doesn't like it because it's like the last time she really badly lost her temper. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, it does actually... Like you make you're making your way, but it's really slow. Okay, what you thought was going to be another thirty foot. Um, it's not too deep actually. It's no, like a little bit, but not bad. Um, so what you thought would be maybe about thirty minutes of a walk actually ends up being more like an hour. But you do finally get to the plateau upon which this structure is. Okay. They're cold and Simba is kind of mushering and giving out and kind of grumpy. Itai is wearing the. Itai's wearing your duster. Okay. Are they all? They're 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 not too happy now. So when you finally get onto the plateau where this structure is, you probably it's actually quite large. Okay. At a distance, it looks very similar to the cairns that you would see around Ireland, but getting there, you see it is, but on a much bigger scale. Okay. So as I said, like it's a circular building, large cut stone slabs. So it's not like rough stone. These are these stone is being cut into rectangular pieces, forming a wall-like structure on the outside. But pretty neatly, yeah. But above these large stone slabs, and when I say large, each slab is what like maybe a meter and a half to two meters wide. Okay, you see above them piles of stone on top of each other, forming a stone wall-like structure that rises uh, in total to a height of uh, over four meters. The way these stones are piled is similar to the way you would see stones piled on top of each other to form cairns and mounds across Ireland. Coming up close to the structure, you see a large set of double doors at the center of the mound relative to your uh, approach. Um, these doors are about three meters high and four meters wide in total, so each one being two meters wide. The doors, they're heavy wooden doors, but they are decorated with bronze inlay on top of the wood. And this inlay is itself decorated with hammered and engraved spiral patterns. So who's going to sing them a song? Oh yeah, so you know you could dance. I can kind of, I can sing. Ron can. Mm. Itai, Itai can do both. Oh. So. Itai it has nymph. Yeah. So as you come, so as you go to approach the door, Pada says, "Well, I suppose we should knock." And he strikes on the door three times with a staff. 
There's a momentary pause and then the sound of his knock starts to reverberate through the very doors themselves and travels out around you all and across the plateau upon which you're standing. A moment after the third knock, the doors swing open perfectly and soundlessly. And as they open up, they reveal a very, very large inner structure. You can immediately, or you can see immediately on the inside of the doorway, there's an archway of ivy and flowers that seems to frame the doorway leading into the building. And then beyond that archway, you can see that it appears to be some sort of a throne room. The room seems to be a very large oval structure. It looks to be maybe 15 meters long and about 10 meters wide at its widest point. And there's a massive table running down the center of the room. It's easily 10 meters long and over 2 meters wide. And you can see that it's currently covered in all manner of food for a fine feast. And there's maybe 50 or so individuals seated at the table. The, do- uh, the courtiers appear to be a wide variety of beings. You easily recognize fairies, puka, banshee, leprechauns, elves, as well as other individuals that you think might actually be humans of various different ages, but you're not sure. And also present appear to be animals sitting at the table, dining alongside the other courtiers. And this is the this is the strangest thing in the throne room. Because these animals are eating and talking to the other animals or the other beings there, but they're handling utensils, cups, tankards, glasses, and all the other items, the same as any of the humanoid diners. But they look like completely normal animals. Their paws aren't in any way differently shaped. You don't spot any opposable thumbs, but they're handling everything as if they had normal hands, and it's really weird. There is fine music being played by musicians in one corner. One is a flute, another plays a harp, while the third is playing a baron. All right? And the door opening, um, as the door opens, the musicians quieten down. They don't stop, but they quieten down. Some of the diners stop eating and turn to look at you, while many more ignore you and continue to eat and drink and talk. As mm-hmm. you all step through, you can now coming in after a moment, the light is just because the light it was darker inside. One thing that you immediately notice, alright, is that there don't appear to be any windows in the structure. But there is candles everywhere, creating this low ambient light, okay? And there is a, there is a there appears to be a roaring fire off to one side. You've no idea where the smoke is going, escaping from, but there's a roaring fire off to one side, providing heat. Okay? Now, um, you can see what looks to be six exits from the chamber, three to either side, and at the far end of the room, there is a there is a raised dais, about two, two steps wide. It's three meters wide, and with the two combined steps, it comes to a height of about 50 centimeters. And in the center of the dais, there is a large throne that appears to be carved from a single piece of wood. The throne you can see is decorated with carvings of leaves, animals, and other nature carvings. And seated in the throne is a figure that appears to be a human man. They look to be in their late 30s. They have a ruddy complexion with long, thick auburn beard and auburn hair that is long and appears to be pulled back in a simple ponytail. He's wearing clothing of a very archaic style, saffron-colored long silk tunic with decorative embroidery, fair legs with decorated, soft, engraved leather shoes, which look almost like slippers. 
and he's got a very wide smile on his face. Standing to the right of the man on the throne is an elf with snowy white hair, wearing a fine, dark-colored silk and with a very, very, very serious look on his face. Around of the court, between the long table and the dais, you see a giant cauldron. It looks to be big enough that two men should probably get inside of the bay. And you can see there's a giant wooden spoon sticking out that's just constantly stirring the food. At the moment you notice a giant ladle, a bowl of which looks to be the size of a turnip. Magically kind of floats and lowers down into the cauldron and then floats off to one of the diners at the table. And it's the strangest thing because as it pours its contents onto the plate of the diner, instead of like water pouring or a stew or something, as the contents hits the ta- hits the, the plate, it turns into this fine meal. Um, it looks to be a small like chicken or something and roasted vegetables and quite quite lovely. And um, yeah, as you finish entering, the door is closed behind you. And now the musicians stop, everybody stops, and the elf steps forward slightly. My lord, I present Bronwyn Pritchard, Greta Bergdotter, Olaf Skag, Selina, Romania, Diana, Signavora, Molina, Flores, Nefua, Wenda, Itai, Jaya, Simarache, Nedlova, Pader, Oquivine, Dahlia, Bergdorfer. Um, uh, and he takes a half step back. Do we recognize him? Or is this magic? Nyafula is just going to curse Like, he knows my other name. That, like, Oh my god, I'm so freaked out right now. <laughs> Bron is looking at Dahlia with like, how the fuck does he know that name you gave me? Because, like... Selene, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, I'm like, that's, that brings back memories of the uh, Dulan. Last time you heard your full name being called out was by a dark fae who nearly killed you with, yeah. with by speaking it. Yeah, reduced to just three grit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like the um, only other person who has called Bron that Bron Greta is Dahlia. So it's just like what Unifua and they're looking kind of spooked by this. They're like And I'm just going to turn to them and say a lot of the creatures here have power we would we will only dream of reaching. I believe that this is like any other function we're being, inter- we're being announced into the court, so behave in a manner that will not embarrass all people. Um, Patter steps forward and he gives a very deep bow. Nifua uh, curtsies. Mm-hmm. Copy him. Yeah. gives a, a deep curtsy. Bron is going to curtsy because that's what Dali is. Big bow. Cool. Alright. Um, Simba's going to bow. Yeah, I can see, like, a really, forward, slightly, looking around to see if anybody else want to speak. Uh, 
just going to say uh, thank you for welcoming us into your court, my lord. We've traveled quite some time to reach here and take a breath. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry for the distraction. What did you do with that talon? Uh, that talon, Simba probably has it. Simba's carrying it? Yeah. Okay. Right, sorry. I wouldn't have left it with the giants. Oh, I wasn't sure if you would have put it in your goblin purse. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't weigh anything in my goblin purse, would it? And it will fit, just about. Yeah, okay. okay. We'll say it's in my purse. I, I probably would have given it to Simba, because seeing the eyes off, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, well, if you want to say Simba's carrying it, that's fine. I just wanted to clarify where it was. Yeah, okay, Simba's carrying it. Shit. Right, okay. So you say that, mm -hmm. and the, the Lord, he kind of gestures his hand, and he says, Ah, it's been a long time since I've had muscles into my court. Very nice to meet you all. Pleasure's ours. And I'm glad you made it safely. You're very gracious, my lord. Uh, it was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a challenge to get here safely, but yes, we did arrive in one piece, luckily. Well, you had a lovely view there on the way. Yes, I happened to, I happened to get a front row seat, Something as a, you could. A bird's eye view, as they say. And perchance, did you have anything to do with this bird's eye view? Why would I have anything to do with it? That beast is a, well, it's a beast. Okay, it's it's just quite surprising that you seem to know what it's basically. Know what is happening in my lands? Also, you are we're carrying the talon of that massive bird, so it's kind of obvious something happened. So. Why have mortals traveled to my court? My lord, our realm is under a threat of a dark being who has not been seen for for many, many, many years. And we are here in your court today seeking any help we can get with the aid of the cauldron so we can oh. banish the... Dark one. We had been told of the great power of your code and that it could restore um, a warrior's vigor and mm, that is and, uh, We need this um, crumb, uh, followers of Crown Curate Fay. Now that's a name I have not heard in a long well, his time. Well, his followers, both Fay and humans, are trying to bring him back. The mortal realm. Um, the, the followers we have fought are his original followers from mm. thousands of years ago. Um, that would be a problem. Yes, it, 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 it is a problem. Um, and it would only spell disasters for our realm. Mm. So we were hoping for. We heard great tales of this amazing cauldron and we were hoping for some help that we could possibly um, maybe you might um, graciously bestow on us. Anybody else want to add to this? Oh, this is not the diplomat of the party. Um, Why am I talking? Olaf definitely is not the diplomat of the party. I'm saying <laughs> nothing. So, so. 
I'm going to nod and say, like my my like my family has said, we are here uh, for a very noble cause to us, and we would greatly appreciate if you allowed us to take some of th- that some of the, that magic that comes with the cauldron to aid us on our mission so we can ensure the safety of not just ourselves but of all the innocent bystanders who still stand today and at least we could send forward the spirits of those who have been already slaughtered and brutally taken far too early by these evildoers. Right, so one of you can roll Charm. Nathua or Bron? Who's rolling? Oh, my, my Charm's only two, so... I will roll. Okay, so I'm going to give you an additional plus one on top of it. So that would be a four, because you're getting some help from Bron. Mm-hmm. Do you want to add anything to this? <laughs> Last time I did... You're not... Rolling seduction. I'm not rolling seduction, no. I'm not going to roll seduction, no. Um, So that's a plus one on top of my regular charm. That would be a natural. Can I assist in any way? My charm is a three. Well, you did say Olaf wasn't saying it. Bron had been already part of it. Oh, no, I'm not saying it. Yeah, cool, cool. I'm not saying anything. I rolled a nat 20. I rolled a nat 20. Oh, fantastic. That's a 24 24. Yep. Well, those are fine words that you speak, my friends. Yes, these are dangerous times for you mortals. I think I could help. And he gestures with his hand. And as he does, rising up out of the cauldron, you see four vials. They appear to be made of the finest crystal wrapped in silver filigree. He says, I offer this. Four vials for four champions who each face my challenges. Oh. I think that's a really nice place to finish. Oh, oh my. Ah. Oh no. The party have finally found their way to, well, they don't know which Fey Lord, but. A fey lord who claims to, who owns, in fact, the ancient magical artifact in Irish mythology called the Dogdas Cauldron. And they have been told that they can get four vials, one each, for four champions who will each face a challenge. What these challenges will entail and who will be the challengers, we shall find out next week. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about Fayard, but the system and the setting, please be sure to follow us on our itch.io page, fay-earth.itch.io. This is the best place to find any of our material. We've got a number of really great products on, um, free to download Lore Prime, which gives just a bit of an overview of the world of Fayard and the ways in which the alternate historical timeline of this world differs from our own boring and mundane world. Then there's also two fun uh, free one-shots to download. Um, the first, The Beast of Cruth, is set in the Bavarian Alps. Some villagers have been killed by, well, no one sure. Is it a strange animal or is it perhaps a murderous individual? 
and the adventurers are going to try and find out. The next uh, one shot, Stolen Treasures, is set at the foothills of Mount Snowdon in Wales. A young lad has been taken by fairies and his family hope somebody can try and uh, bring him back. Both of these one shots are really great fun. They're designed to be played in approximately three to four hours, essentially an evenings gaming with your friends. They all come with pre-generated characters and quick play guides so that you can immediately start playing and get a feel for the system of Fey Earth and the world. If after that you'd like to play a more long-term campaign and really get your teeth into the system, please check out our starter pack. This is a really great deal for $20. You get a nearly 300-page early release core rulebook with a breakdown of all the rules and mechanics of our system, um, stats for various different creatures, and a starter adventure set in Yorkshire in North England, designed to get a party of players from levels 1 to 5. With this starter pack, the adventure comes with pre-generated characters, but you also have all the information you need to create your own unique characters yourself. Finally, be sure to be checking us out on social media. We're very active on Twitter at Fay Earth, and we also put up some videos on TikTok at Fay underscore Earth Shorts, talking about mechanics, lore, and different things about our system, and the occasional GM's tip too. And the last thing, I guess, is if you get a chance, please be sure to give us a five-star review on Spotify if you can. It really helps to expand our listenership and helps grow the world of Fay Earth. So thanks, bye.